and welcome to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. If you're listening at 1350 up in Connecticut and uh, what, the Long Island area, just want to say hello and welcome to all of the Veritas Catholic listeners, or if you're on the Veritas Catholic app, we're glad that you're here. Maybe you're listening on a podcast app, which I'm glad that you're listening, or possibly you're watching on YouTube, which I have to say might be my favorite way because I'm a little expressive. <laughs> And I got to tell you, I'm going to tell you a story today that it's, it's like a real part of my heart. This isn't just a silly story to me. I grew up in Louisiana and I know I've talked about it before. I think I've talked about it before. It's one of those things that I feel like I talk about all the time, but I did. I grew up in, in Northern Louisiana and, and North Louisiana is very different than South Louisiana. My whole life. I was told I lived in Southern Arkansas and I'm like, Oh, that's really funny. You guys, but yeah, grew up in, in North Louisiana, but we, we are still very serious about all things Cajun, even though we're not quote unquote Cajun country. One thing about Louisiana is that we take Lent very seriously. And by Lent, I mean, Mardi Gras. <laughs> so, it's a big deal. Okay. I didn't know that the rest of the world wasn't Catholic until I moved out of the state of Louisiana because everyone I knew was Catholic because everyone I knew was at Mardi Gras, you know, and we all gave up things for Lent. So growing up there, I didn't understand that spring break was something that people did in Mexico because in Louisiana, we didn't really have spring or I don't remember spring break. I remember getting an entire week off for Mardi Gras and they still do that. Where I am now in Houston, we get one day for Mardi Gras. It's Tuesday, Fat Tuesday, the night before, you know, Lent. And we eat all the things. We eat pancakes. We eat, oh my God, we just, it's probably not okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure the gluttony part of the sins happen and we've got to go to confession. Um, but yeah, so I went from one week of Mardi Gras getting off of school to one night, okay? But here's where the story happens. When I was in kindergarten, <laughs> which I know is really long ago, I got it. And on top of it, I was really young, okay, when I went to kindergarten because in Louisiana, they had different laws at the time. I was four years old when I went to kinder. So I was actually 17 when I was in college for a long time until I turned 18. But I'm four years old. I'm in kindergarten and we have a Mardi Gras parade at our school. That's how serious Mardi Gras is. Now, I mean, we have floats, y'all. We had Mardi Gras floats. We had costumes. Like we were basically like New Orleans. You know what I mean? We weren't. We were super far from New Orleans. <laughs> and we shut down the school and we did all the things. My mom designed my float and my costume. I remember her staying up all night because here is where I peaked. I did. I peaked at four years old <laughs> because I was elected. Mardi Gras queen of my kindergarten class. And it all went downhill after that. Like I never was able to achieve that type of, of like accomplishment ever again. It was amazing. I had a cape. I had a cape, a cape. I had a crown. I had my own float and guess who my Mardi Gras king was. You're not going to know you weren't at my school, <laughs> but it was the crush of my life until I met my husband, Jesse James. And let me just say this about Jesse James. That is his actual name. I did not make that up. And yes, he is related to the outlaw Jesse James. Like that's what he told us. I believe him. I was four. So Mardi Gras was huge for me. 
It was a blast. I loved being on my own parade float. (laughs) I didn't have to share it with anyone. I got to wave to my public. I threw things at them and I didn't get in trouble for that. Everything about this experience was lovely. Let's cut to me as an adult, right? Which is what I am right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, technically. So parades do not hold the magic that they did when I was a kid. Now I think of parades as really hot, um, boring, because you have to sit there forever. You have to like, you know, keep your spot. What was I going to say? We, when we were little, we used to say Jack, Jack spot back. Did anyone grow up saying that? (laughs) So you would have to Jack, Jack spot back your spot at the parade. And, uh, and you were fighting people for like beads or those really hard candies that you could only get at like the bank. Do you remember back in the day when the bank would give you candy? (laughs) So like, I don't enjoy a parade anymore. And I need some, I need to know, because usually we're opposite on this. This is how this conversation is going to go, bringing in JW. A, parades are going to be his favorite thing ever on the entire planet because it's full of people. (laughs) That was sarcasm because (laughs) I know for a fact that is not why JW would love a parade. It would not be because he could just snuggle with all the strangers. (laughs) I know that that's not it. But or B, he loathes them and hasn't even been to a parade. So I, I would love to know, JW, I want to hear about your parade experiences as, as a kid. Did you go to parades? Because you grew up all over the world in yeah. my brain. We went to we went to parades. You went to parades? Oh, were they only military parades? No. You went I to- mean, like good old hometown kind of 4th of July truck. parades. Yeah. <laughs> Had a blast with them. I did skip a parade this year with my kids because it was going to, it was going to be being by myself with the kids. And so, yeah, we didn't go. No. Was the parade closed? <laughs> You're like, oh, COVID. <laughs> no, it happened. My oh, fr- no, but did our, you tell your children went. that it was closed? Oh, they didn't even know it was happening, so. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it now as an adult. I really can't. It's it's not enjoyable. I don't know when that, when does that shift happen? Those things, when you listen to talk radio or podcast, you know, as an adult, you go from listening to like Britney Spears to to boring conversations, not this conversation. This is invigorating. <laughs> you go from sitting for hours, sweating, catching really bad candy to not like, when does that happen? When, when does, is, when does the switch happen? When, when you does don't, the switch when happen? You don't like it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think that they're still fun. I, it, I, we don't go to too many. Right. But I yeah. think they're still fun, especially when, when you have like smaller kids, then it's just a nostalgia nostalgia bit. They right? do get excited. Yeah. The kids get excited. And there are differences in parades. There's some hometown parades that are phenomenal. Yeah. And you feel like you're in a Hallmark movie. <laughs> like you're like, are they taping us right now? That's what it's like in my hometown in Natchitoches. Natchitoches does an incredible. Did you hear that word that I just said? Have you ever heard of that town? Natchitoches. <laughs> I saw your face. I was trying to place it on a map. I was like, I wonder Say if Natchitoches. Natchitoches. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Is that close enough? That was, I mean, sure. Northern Louisiana, <laughs> but their parade is, I mean, you really feel like you're in a Hallmark film, but that whole mm-hmm. Christmas festival that they have is like, mm. what well, was in a movie? Still Magnolias, which I know you have not seen because absolutely you're a guy. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say absolutely <laughs> not? Absolutely not. I mean, it sounds like a cool title, but I'm probably not going to watch a movie. It's funny. It's really funny, but that's my hometown. Okay. So, but that's a great parade, but then there's some other parades you go to. And I don't know about you, but I'm angry because I'm like, I can't believe I just stood out here 
And this is what you people made me wait for. Have you ever felt that? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't been to a parade for a while. I think the last actual parade when we lived in Charleston, we went to a St. Patrick's Day parade and that was awesome. I could get into a a good St. Patrick's Day parade. Was there green beer? No. um, They do that here. We always have green beer in Houston and green milk. They'll do, they'll make all the milk green. (laughs) I I think that that's bad. That's bad milk. (laughs) They're not really dying it. That's just, they save it all year. Normally, normally when milk's green, it's a sign to stay away. I used to love it as a kid. I could not wait for like, why didn't I know that I could just buy green like food coloring and make my own green milk? But I waited every year for that. Yeah. No. Okay. To so each that's, his own. No. <laughs> that's not why you like the parade. Got it. No. Wasn't for the green not beverages. For the, not for the green milk. No. Okay. I think that um, I'm trying to think of like the parades that I've in, enjoyed. Like I have this memory and it's kind of, kind of foggy of when I was a kid, my, dad's family was from Northern Minnesota when they first came to the United States. So some people are still living there and we would go back and visit like every once in a while. And there were like very small towns there. And on the 4th of July, there were, there was like a parade. I remember like, like your classic, like just the small main street and uh, kids and families like sitting on the curb is like the fire, the like two fire, fire engines drive through. Those are like the best. Those are some of the like greatest. And there's two fire engines and like a lot of plastic. I don't know. It was like a very small, it's like a very small town. And I I, I think I love those that, that, that part of it is great, but also their summer is like way up there. You're not going to be like dying of sweat. Like you would, you would. So you wouldn't be angry if you were down here and you sat outside in August. No, No, that's not when 4th of July is 4th of July is in July. (laughs) Wow. If you sat outside here in July and you only saw two fire engines, you would be angry. They had, they had better be coming through with like their hoses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It's a, it's a slip and slide kind of parade. It's an interactive. (laughs) Yeah. I used to, um, well, like we go to Disney a lot Mm -hmm. because we only have two kids and they have a parade every night there, don't they? they? Every night they have like 17 a day and people will plan their trip around these parades and I don't get it. And I am, I cry. Here's, this is a fact. I literally cry every time I see Mickey Mouse and I, I see him all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I, I am buddy the elf. I am that excited. I'm like, what? Like I've never seen him before. And I do, I lose it, lose my mind, but I don't want to sit and wait for him on a parade. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go ride a ride while everybody else is outside with their kids. That's when you go ride rides. Oh, and everyone's, when everyone's waiting for the parade. Yeah, Totally. But what is the point? I don't understand why you paid the money to go sit there and watch people dance and twirl ribbons. I love you, Disney. I can't believe I just said that. I do. <laughs> They're going to not let me back in. Oh, man. Whoa. Look at you. You're like, wow, I'm going to not stand by her. She's. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I got to know this. Have you ever gone to Mardi Gras, though, in New Orleans? Never, maybe? never been to Mardi Gras. I've, I've been invited. I've just never been able to make it. I have a friend, I have a friend who lives there. I would, I would love to go visit him during yeah. that time. I just haven't been able to yet. You know, there's different parades. It's like a month long. It is forever long. Like they, they yeah. take it very seriously and, and it, 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 it might be a month long. It's kind of like the rodeo here in Houston. That's three weeks long here, you know? So it's at least three yeah. weeks in New Orleans, but there's different levels of parade. There's family friendly. And then there's like, eh, you know, maybe like teenagery. And then there's like no one, you know, or that you're related to should be with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> but they also have like some some crazy, not maybe not crazy, but no, like, it's crazy. There's some out there like parades. Oh yeah, I, I remember. I, I have I was in one town in Louisiana last year, two years ago, or something, and um, in this church building, and all of a sudden, like out the windows, there was just like a a stream of of dogs. Dogs and people. I mean, and their and, <laughs> and their people were walking them, but like out of nowhere, it was just like a it was a, dog a horde, parade? a horde of dogs and and their people walking them, like a part of a Mardi Gras parade. That is fascinating. Somebody's gonna write in and tell us what that they're gonna be like. I my dad was the you know marshal of that parade, <laughs> the grand marshal. That's hilarious. Yeah. No. Well, one day you'll have to go someday. Go first without the children and and scout it out because we made the mistake where we, we didn't do that. And we brought Zach when he was seven. And I don't know if there's things he can unsee from that experience. <laughs> and that was even early in the day, because as the day goes on, you know, people have been enjoying their beverages, whatever they are partaking in mm-hmm. for Mardi Gras season. So by the time that the nighttime comes, they have had all the beverages. <laughs> And those parades get real fun. You know what I mean? Well, and right. And that's the time, that's the time of the year that everybody's like more outside yep. down, yep. down in, in this part of the country. Right. It's true. There's a lot of people. It's fun. You'll have to go sometime. No, but parades, parades are great. And now, now I kind of want to go to, now I feel bad. I've never been to my, my dream. And this is true. This is not me just saying this, but my real dream is to go to the Thanksgiving day parade in New York city. The Macy's. Have you been? Oh my gosh. Yes. I've, I, I can't <gasps> believe I've been and you haven't. <laughs> This is incredible. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen your face light up like that. I think I've, I think I've been twice maybe when I was a little kid. <gasps> You've been twice? Um, yeah, maybe once when I was um, in like single digits and then maybe single like eighth grade or something or seventh you, grade maybe. Is it is it as, ma- as amazing as I want it to be? Just uh, lie. Just say it's phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it's an experience for sure. I want to go so badly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's really fun. I remember and i i haven't been to that city for a long time whatever like the nuts that they cook on the street corners are they, they chestnuts they, roasting they, on an open fire maybe i don't know they didn't they did not smell that great when i was walking around that city that <laughs> it is, might be chestnuts they is, don't smell that that's great that's one of my lingering memories of that parade but other than that like really seeing all the uh what you remember from down. the macy's thanksgiving day parade is the bad smelling nuts on the street is that what you're telling me right now i this is this is what comes to mind i can't I cannot with you. <laughs> Why are you taking my dreams and just, okay, that's hilarious. Listen, I was in New York one time for the Thanksgiving Day Parade and they got a blizzard. So we were not able to go. And I oh, just want really? to make that Too a really bad. sad, I know it's very sad, but here's what's interesting about everybody in the North. You know what they're doing right now? They're moving down here to the South. I don't know if you've heard. We actually we actually have a little PSA for everyone who's who is moving from the North to the South. Um, so stay right here and, uh, and watch our little public service announcement for all you northerners and welcome. Hi, y'all. It's Wendy again. And I just wanted to come on here and tell y'all a little something about this great little place in the South called I-10. Everybody's moving out here ever since the pandemic and ever since we had like, oh, I don't know, things are really expensive and people want to buy houses cheap. Y'all all come to the South and we've got stuff in Texas and we've got stuff in Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama and Florida. But here's something y'all need to know. There is a 
street. It's a highway. It's an interstate. And it's called I-10. And everybody in the South uses I-10. It's how us folks in Houston get all the way to Florida. If you've heard my Disney influencer commercials, you know what I'm talking about because you want to go to Disney. If you want to get to Louisiana, you take I-10. Let me tell you what you're going to find on I-10. You're going to find truckers. You're going to find boudin. You're going to find really angry people. You're going to find bridges that you're not sure if they're really okay to still be bridges, but it's okay. You just keep on driving on that I-10 and welcome to the South. Y'all need to stop and get yourself some frog legs or some like fried alligator. If there's some other things y'all want, there's lots of rice and, um, oh, we like to put Tabasco on everything. So you guys just stop on that I-10 corridor and you can do that. There's lots of places you could go to the bathroom, but you do need to know if your car breaks down on the side of I-10, don't think anybody's going to stop because they're not. Those truckers are fast, okay? They got places to go. And I just wanted this to be a little public service announcement and say welcome to all of our nice northern folks who decided to make the South their home. (laughs) We're really glad y'all are here. Y'all just need to make sure that y'all got some Freon in your car because it gets hot on that I-10 corridor. You know what I'm saying? But y'all need to know where it is and y'all need to know how to take it. And we just want to say welcome. And y'all slow down, be nice, stay cool. And welcome back to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. I am so excited to have my guest today because I have gotten to interview her once already for my podcast, Talk to Me with Liv Harrison. And yes, even though that is asleep right now, it will be resurrected and come back. But, um, I started following this lovely woman because of a family member. (laughs) Uh, We both actually uh, love this family member to death. And he lives in South Louisiana. Everyone I know who follows her and loves her to pieces, that is not why they follow her. They are not into her at all because of the same reasons. They know her because she's a dynamic speaker. She is a phenomenal author. She is, I don't know, radio, podcasting. You can't name something that this woman does not do. I love her because we are both Cajuns and we're both from Louisiana and I can say words to her and she knows what they mean. So that's (laughs) it. I'm done. I don't need any other reason. I am, of course, talking about the Cajun queen herself, Katie McGrady, who is now the new voice on SiriusXM the Catholic channel. Katie, I wore camo just for you because I felt like that was a oh, duck dynasty. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Only in Louisiana do you wear camo as a fashion statement, not for the practicality of going hunting. Exactly. Yes. And I paired it with some bling. I knew you would. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> you, would Perfect. Ap- you would appreciate it. Um, so Katie, thank you for being here today. Cause I'm so excited. I love talking to you again. Like I said, it is not for any of the reasons that other people get excited to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who cares that you have a theology degree? No, I care deeply about that. Um, <laughs> I just want to talk to you about a two and <laughs> all things. All about it. I'll give you my mama's recipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, you being from South Louisiana is it's funny, isn't it? I know you travel all over the world, um, even though you've had a pause because, you know, I don't know if you heard about, you know, what happened in 2020, Katie, but <laughs> we all kind of took a break from traveling. Uh, but 
when you do meet someone from Louisiana, it's different. And I'm a Texan. Mm -hmm. Listen, and we're a proud state. I don't know if you've heard of us, but we like people to know that we exist. (laughs) But there's something about Louisiana, especially South Louisiana, where you just kind of, I don't know, you can tip your hat at each other. You know what I mean? Like, you're just like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, I've met people traveling before and it's like, oh, where are you from? And as soon as you hear that they're from Louisiana, there's like an instant connection of, you know, the, the three questions we used to always joke was, uh, where are you from? Who's your mama? And can you make a roux? And like those three <laughs> questions would immediately make you a friend of whatever random Louisiana person you have bumped into. And it's the who's your mama question like that immediately. Oh, I'm probably related to you or like I know somebody that's related to you or you drank your first drink at my grandfather's bar in <laughs> southwest Louisiana, which is like still there and is operating as a different bar now. But everybody still knows it as Prejean's like that's the uh, that's just the name of it. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. I mean, that's how I know you is because of my cousin. I mean, how Louisiana yeah. is that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And like Randall's not even like he's from like a little town further away from where Jennings. I am. But it doesn't matter because yeah. like it's the same it's the same diocese. It's the same general people. And he married a good friend of my sister. And like, we all now go to the same church parish and our kids are growing up together. And it's just, you know, and everybody's like life in Louisiana, but that's, but, but you're talking to Katie McGrady with Sirius XM, the Catholic channel and the theologian and the Steubenville speaker. And I'm like, okay. Um, but I'm talking <laughs> to <laughs> Randall, Melissa's friend. <laughs> You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's great. Exactly. It doesn't matter to us. Um, no, but I love that because it does. It feels like family. And then when you add the mm-hmm. Catholic part on top of it, which let's be honest, can you even throw a rock in South Louisiana and not hit a Catholic? I mean, no, no. So I actually I was crunching the numbers yesterday because uh, Louisiana just passed a referendum that May the 1st is now St. Joseph the Worker Day. Oh, wow. Like in the state. So like the only state? in Louisiana do you have a Catholic state senator who's like, I want to make a St. Joseph Day like officially on the calendar. It's going to be a thing. So I did the numbers. We have seven dioceses in the state of Louisiana. The state of Louisiana has a population of about 4.6 million people. And the Archdiocese of Los Angeles alone, like just the diocese, there's 4.5 million people. So our state is about the size of one archdiocese in California, but we have seven dioceses to cover just the spread of Catholics because wow. of the concentration of the area. So like in the state of Louisiana, we've got those seven dioceses within like a three hour stretch of, of I-10, you hit like Charles Lafayette, Homa, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and you go Jennings. up to central Louisiana, which doesn't count. And you get Alexandria <laughs> and, and Shreveport. And, and like, it's just, you can't, you can't walk into Walmart without seeing father or seeing the choir director or seeing the little old lady who has been praying her rosary at 5 a.m. every day for her entire life in the in the adoration chapel and that's you know it's, sometimes it's hard to live here because of these hurricanes but at the end of the day like I can't I can't leave because it is home it is it's it's very comforting and it's very warm the people are warm the the music it's a different culture I mean there's some places mm-hmm. in the United States and it literally has its own culture and Louisiana is I mean but they're known for that you know and people just think it's yeah. New Orleans and listen we love no. New Orleans but it's not it's not just New Orleans you know um we, other places can make beignets you guys uh, <laughs> and the best king cakes are in Lafayette that's all I gotta say but oh, yeah I would agree I would agree <laughs> there I, I have mine shipped in that's how extra yeah. I am I get it shipped in but tell the people that that is worth it and that is an extra that's a necessity. I mean, <laughs> next level is I learned how to make them this year. That like Ooh. baking was my COVID project. And so during Mardi Gras, it made perfect sense that I would invest myself in 
learning how to make a good king cake. And let me say, I think I became the favorite mom at Rose's school because I would just bring one every week to the office. And finally, one of the ladies was like, you have to stop. Like, none of our pants are going to fit at the end of Mardi Gras. It's like, then I know I'm doing something right. That's right. That's why God gave us Lent. Exactly. (laughs) So you can get back into your pants. And the church is like, please stop telling people what Lent is. That's not at all what it is. Good thing Katie's here, everybody. She has a degree in theology. She'll correct anything I say that's wrong. (laughs) So Katie, I'm glad you brought up the baking thing because I got to say, um, a lot of us went to the interwebs to fulfill our social needs during COVID and you were definitely a stalking. I mean, um, interesting. Not that I stalked you. I, I just, I, I loved to watch you bake. I was like, yep. You became it the became a food thing. network for me. I was, it was you and, um, Oh, the girl that was married to Ben Affleck. I love that. I can't think of her name right now. Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer the girl. Gardner. Yeah. She's like a famous actor. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You know, you know, Jen, <laughs> you and Jen, you two got me through, um, the pandemic and, I, I want to know what that was like for you. I, this is very pressing yeah. information, everybody. No, I'm not going to ask her it about is. her new books or any of her speaking engagements. <laughs> I want to talk about your baking and how it brought you closer to the Lord. That's what I want to yeah, know. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I So I travel a lot, like in the, in the before times. Um, and in fact, like it, I think an important part of the baking story is not one that I've really talked about a whole lot. But so the week that, that everything shut down in the world, I was in Missouri for a parish mission and my husband and I got in this huge fight while I was on the road because Rose was missing me and like he was missing me and like obviously me not being home, like the family dynamic gets thrown off. And I kind of forgotten that. Like, you know, you go to work, you come home in a normal job, but when you travel, like the family life is different when one of the parents is not there. And like, you know, different families make different things work. And we had made it work up to that point, I thought, in a very healthy way without really paying attention to the fact that like Rose and Tommy were both suffering because I was on the road as much as I was. So then God gives us COVID and like the world (laughs) just closes. And so at first I was like, okay, this will be a month, me home, not on the road. It's probably exactly what we need. Like, thank you for the break, Jesus. And then it became two months. And then it became three months and I was pregnant at the time and, and we had oh, some right. placenta issues. And so I was on yeah. modified bed rest. And so really like the only thing that I could do, because I, I wasn't really supposed to be going on long walks and like Tommy and Rose were taking walks every day. And the doctor didn't even really want me driving. Not that I was supposed to be driving anyway, because like the world was shut down and I certainly wasn't able to get on planes for a variety of different reasons. So I found myself at home and my options were I can watch Netflix. I can do podcasting, which you can only release so many episodes before people get annoyed. And like, we have a plan with the Ave podcast. Like I couldn't just go rogue. So I had a stand mixer that my mom gave me for Christmas that had really just been sitting on the counter, largely untouched. And I said, you know what? I'm going to order the King Arthur baking companion and I'm just going to bake my way through the book. Um, You were like Julie and Julia. You were like that uh, movie. Wow. I did. Like, I just like started on page one. I was like, okay, rye bread, here we go. And I've, you know, gradually figured out the things that I like to bake, the things that my family like. And it was about like month two of we're home. You know, it was the tic-tac, we're home in the house and we're in the house board. Like we were just all home. My husband's a teacher, so he was really home. Like he definitely was trying to do the e-learning thing. 
Rose thought she was in trouble for a little while. Like, that's why she wasn't going back to school. And we finally had to explain to her, like, no, nobody's there, Rose. Like, you didn't get kicked out of school. Like, this is everybody's home together all the time. Um, and and Tommy made the comment one day. He, like, walked in and he's like, ooh, what are you baking today? And I said, I think I'm, I'm going to try a cobbler. And he kind of started laughing. And he was like, I don't know if it's just, if it's okay that I'm really happy that the world is closed, that you become like this domestic goddess who's baking all these things. But I'm just really happy that I can walk into this kitchen at any point in the day and there's something freshly made for me to consume. And it was just kind of like this wake up call of I've got all these awesome projects and these great pursuits and like I've got a good job. And but like at the end of the day, one of my main roles and like one of the things that I am called to do as wife and mom in this family is to is to try to provide that. And you know that looks different for everybody. Like some people baking is not the thing that, that they love on their family with. But that's be- that became the thing that I loved on my family with. In fact, when we finish this interview today, I have to go bake some gluten-free cookies for our neighbors across the street <laughs> who watched our dog when we were on vacation. Um, and I baked the first batch of cookies and one of the kids like very subtly told me like, my mom couldn't have any of them because she's gluten-free now. I was like, not a problem. I have almond flour. I've got Nutella. We've got this. Like I have a great <laughs> recipe that I can use. And I just, I love that I, I have that skill now. Now, obviously, you know, it's tapered off a bit just with the busyness of life. But there's all, my, my rule of thumb is Tuesday is usually my baking day because I only have an hour of the show on Tuesdays. And there will be fresh cookies in the cookie jar. Like if you open up the cookie jar, you will be able to grab a cookie. And it's just kind of, it's super simple. Just make your dough ahead of time and keep it in the freezer. Just throw it in the oven. It's not that big of a deal. But it's something that I'm able to just give to my family in a small way. And I... You know, it was, it changed a lot of my perspective on what it means to build a domestic church. Let's just say that. Okay. Here's so many things that I want to talk about. Number one, you have a cookie jar. (laughs) That's what's missing. That's why I'm not baking is because I do not have a cookie jar. Yeah. You got to get a cookie jar. So there, that's my first mistake. So now I know now my husband, my kids will be like, is that why we never had cookies? I'll be like, yes. I I didn't know until Katie McGrady told me that that's why I'm not a good baker. So I'll, I'll fix that. Um, (laughs) second of all, I love that you have 45 jobs. Don't tell me you don't. Because I counted and we all know what a mathematician I am. I'm known for my, my math skills, my the, my theology skills and my math skills. Same Um, And you do, you have 45 jobs, yet you have frozen cookie dough in your freezer. Yeah. I yeah. have one job that I made up. I'm doing it right now. I just made it up. And, <laughs> and I do it at my house and I do it once a week. And I have never had cookie dough in my freezer. This has been really good for myself steam Katie I, you're doing the Lord's work you're <laughs> don't go into counseling here's, here's the hack you just you make a double batch like on a Sunday afternoon when it's raining and you can't go anywhere anyway and then you just put it in a Tupperware container in your freezer you're and adorable there it is. I love Ready that you go. believe in me I love that you, I love that yeah you, think... you can even just get the Pillsbury stuff you know it doesn't oh have to there be... we go yeah, it doesn't have to be homemade. It can just be, That's you know, brilliant. Like a cookie is a cookie. Roll it in a ball, stick it in the freezer. And I'm like, kids. Yep. <laughs> Ready to go. This or has been life changing. And make a pizuki where you don't even have to like dish them out into individual cookies. You just like flatten it out like a cookie cake. Like the restaurant? Do you know how to do that? Oh yeah, it's super simple. And you throw it in the oven, you know, you bake it according to whatever the recipe is. You leave it a little mushy, you throw some ice cream on top, bam, you get your family dessert. You are like basically Father Leo at this point. You're like the (laughs) layperson of Catholic cooking. You two need to get together. No, no, no. No. 
just baking. My cooking skills are still very much like there's like 10 things in rotation and thank God for the instant pot. Like truly, like that's the cooking side of things. It's more the baking side that I can handle. But y'all could do a cruise together. I could just see this now, a Catholic cruise with Father Leo. He's cooking and you got Katie McGrady and she's baking. And in between, we'll have Scott Hahn give a lecture. Look at that. I just wrote... An amazing Matthew Kelly could fly in on a helicopter. There you go. Tim Staples could come on a boat. I don't know anybody else. I'm just saying names at this point. Um, Everybody's going to go to the website. They'll be like, I want to go on that cruise you were talking about. And now I have a new job. Now I I run pilgrimages, everybody. Um, That's fantastic. Okay. So I do want to kind of maybe confess this, even though you're not a priest, although I really am trying to make you into one. I mean, I'm trying to make you Father Leo and now I'm trying to... (laughs) What am I doing? Okay, but this is an okay confession. Don't worry. No one will, you know, walk away. I have started and I want to go back to something. I want to int- I want to introduce this concept to the public yeah. that is watching these two Louisiana Cajun gals. Um there's a thing in Louisiana called gumbo. And I didn't know mm-hmm. everyone didn't know what that was. Like I just thought it was something that it like yeah. sandwiches. Like it's just something that like everybody knows what a meatball sub is. You don't have to be from New York. You know what it is. It's yeah. Okay. We all have Subway. So gumbo is a, I, w- I would call it a stew. I think that's what it technically mm-hmm. is. Well, I grew up with a chicken and, and turkey gumbo. Yeah. That's what my mom always yeah. made, especially um, not chicken and uh, sausage and turkey. Yep. What mm-hmm. am I doing? Yes, that's right. I had to think about it because it always happens after Thanksgiving. My mom would boil down yeah. the carcass and take the turkey and make the gumbo for the next day with the sausage and the whole thing. And you have the Holy Trinity. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a religious experience. Um, it is because good gumbo, there's yeah. nothing better, <laughs> but now here's, here's where I'm confessing Katie and I'm, I'm terrified and I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be okay after this. We are now, cause I'm going to go ahead and throw my mom under the bus. We are now baking our roux. And roux is flour and butter or flour and oil. And there's a lot of people, I don't know which one you prefer. I go back and forth when I make a roux. And the woman who helped raise me, her name was Miss Bertha. And she taught me when we were making roux to make it as dark as the bottom of the Mississippi River. That's what she would teach me. (laughs) And now I do that, but I put it in the oven. I'm scared. What do you think about that? Baking Uh, roux. So I'm going to confess on the radio that we actually use the the jar. No, you don't. That gets our roux started because <laughs> when I'm in the mood for gumbo, I don't want to wait eight hours. I uh, want yeah. like three hours max. And right. my Yankee husband, who is from Pennsylvania, <laughs> oh, he is makes a, a better gumbo than I do. Like he truly does. That's so a Tommy real confession. It is. I mean, he like my gumbo's not bad. My mom's is better. Uh, my dad's is really really good. But my husband. We did a little baking, uh, or excuse me, a little gumbo competition between my husband and my sister. And Tommy's, Tommy doesn't, he's not afraid to like use different spices that try to bring out different flavor profiles. And he grills his, so he does chicken and sausage. He grills his chicken and sausage first rather than boil it down to seep the flavor into that first. And then puts it into his roux, which he uses the Richard jar roux. So, like, you just, like, take a scoop of it. And then you do still have to, like, stand there and stir it. Like, it's not just, like, magical. You just add water and then, boom, you have it. There is effort. But it's just, it's now I'm craving it. It's not the weather for it. It's too hot outside. <laughs> and we would hot. all get probably, we'd all probably get sick if we made gumbo <laughs> right now. Because it's, like, you know, the gumbo gods would be like, no, no. Like, you're going to call a hurricane out of the Gulf if you make gumbo right now. But I, uh... <laughs> I think that's true. That that's how that works. Better than mine. I really do. It's true. Like, don't don't wake the Gulf right now. It's sleeping, <laughs> and we're happy that it's sleeping, and we're not gonna we're not gonna go through that again. 
and uh, there were there was a lot of baking and a lot of gumbo that happened during evacuation. And yeah. Tommy's takes the that's for sure. Yeah, we're not doing that right now. And guys, don't don't fill up her inbox telling her that as Catholics we don't believe in you know, calling the sea. Yeah, with no, our- no, no. This is me just being. <laughs> yeah. Don't go get me fired. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> she needs all 48 jobs. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can convince you to try the baking of the roux because that is a game yeah. changer because again, you don't want to stand at your stove and stir right, for an hour and a half. There. No one's arms yeah. are that strong anymore. Um, this has been absolutely lovely. You know what? Will you stick around because I'd really love to come back and play a game with you yeah. if you're up yeah. for that. So, guys, don't go anywhere. You are tuned into It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. Welcome to Kana's Corner. I'm going to be telling you a few funny stories from um, Mass, actually. So they're embarrassing stories that I've heard um, from my family and a few tips and things that I like about Mass. So (laughs) the first story is my mom, when she was really little, she had this imaginary dragon. And in the middle of Mass, when they're passing around the baskets to collect money, she, her imaginary dragon's tells her to stand up on the pew and scream hallelujah to the whole church. And she did that. And I would have just like, I don't know what I would have done as a parent. Here's another one. That's just, Oh my gosh. My cousin also stood up on a pew and shouted to the whole church. This Holy mass is so boring what is it with kids standing up on a pew? Like, <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. But here's a few tips because so many people, you know, you bring toys to mass for your kids so they stay quiet. But really, toys don't keep your kids quiet. They entertain them, but sometimes the toys can be loud. Don't just, these are th- some things that I think you shouldn't bring to mass. Don't bring Legos because this woman had a a bag of Legos and dumped them out on the seat. And it was so loud because this kid, all you hear is click, click, clack, click. And it's like, wow, I'm trying to pay attention. And also I think maybe instead of bringing, you know, cars or like something like that, bring little like stuffed animals or squishies or something quieter. Um, and that can even make your kid quiet because they can just hug them during mass. And um, here are a few things that help me focus in mass, even with those little kids. Um, I really like reading the readings because I have a really hard time paying attention in mass. So I like reading the ring- readings. You can just look it up on your phone and read them. And it's really nice because you can just follow along. And I have a hard time paying attention to what the priest is saying So what also helps me is actually singing during the mass, singing to the songs. So that really helps me. And a few things that I really like about mass is um, I really like the songs and all the people that you get to meet. Um, It's really nice. And I love just being able to be there and pray and worship God and, you know, just be there. It's really, really nice. So 
I really like mass, but um, yeah. So I really want to hear all of your funny, embarrassing stories from your kids. Um, or if you're a kid and you have a story, I want to hear that too. You can just email it to us and we'll be happy to read it. And also, kids, if you have anything that you think your parents should have done in mass that maybe they didn't and you just think, wow, maybe they should have done this in mass or brought me this toy or done this or help me focus, then I really want to hear that. So this has been Kana's uh, Corner and I will see you guys next time. Bye. And we're live. And, and Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is everyone's favorite segment of It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison with, uh, uh, with Edmund and Allie. This is the segment called uh, It's Too Late with Edmund and Alexandria. How are you doing, Alexandria? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. Uh, here's some current events for the Catholic Correspondence Unit segment. On July 20th, Jeff Bezos uh, launched his rocket into space, becoming the second billionaire in a week to go to space. He said, quote, best day ever. That sounds like a good day. So the uh, other billionaire, nine days before, that beat him, you want to make a guess, Alexandria? Um, then, um, Richard... Nope, Richard Branson. <laughs> Blue, I was close! Blue Origin's New Shepard rocket launched nine days earlier, a Virgin Galactic flight from New Mexico. How'd it go? It went well. He said, better day than Jeff Bezos had. That is fact. So what we wanted to bring up today is that, um, you know, we have this old tradition of when a diocese would launch a ship to a new world, mm-hmm. um, whoever was the bishop of that diocese would be the bishop of the new world. Mm-hmm. So if a, if a ship launches from Spain, goes across the ocean, lands in a new world, the bishop of Spain would be the bishop of the new world. Mm-hmm. So this leads us to ask, who is the bishop of space? Of, spa- of space. Yeah. Good thing that we're hard-hitting journalists, and we have that answer for you, yeah, Olivia. <laughs> so, here we go. So, ow. so the very first uh, spaceship that went to the moon was the Apollo mission, uh-huh. and that launched out of Houston, Texas. So that would make the Bishop of the Moon, Bishop Card- or Cardinal DiNardo. Now... But when did Russia? We're running out of time. Okay. So the next, uh, so Richard Branson's rocket launched from the Diocese of La Cruces. That would make it Bishop Baldacchino, the bishop Peter? of bishop that area of yes. space. Uh-huh. And then Jeff Bezos launched from El Paso. So that would be Bishop Seats. Bishop, bishop Seats. So we're yet to know, we're yet to figure out um, which of these bishops takes priority in space. Stay tuned for a cage match. Stay tuned for a cage match. Also, With them. Also worth uh, mentioning that uh, Richard Branson's rocket launched near Elephant Butt, which is an actual place. Uh, but the city itself is called Truth or Consequences. There you go. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep posted on this. We'll give you updates as this is going. We're really trying to figure this out. This is a pressing issue in the church. Yes. But thanks so much for tuning in to It's Way Too Late with Edmund and Alexandra. We go back to you, Liv. Bye. Welcome back to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison, and I am still with the lovely Katie McGrady. Everyone uh, just took that break to go get a snack because we only spoke about food. 
<laughs> Again, I'm sure people are like, Liv, I've wanted my whole life to talk to Katie McGrady. All I've wanted to do was interview her or hear her deep theology. And I'm like, you guys are missing the mark. Like, you're no. not. Just ask me about baking. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't understand all of her gifts. <laughs> No, but it, it's, it's so lovely and it's refreshing because here's the thing that's so great. You, you are a mom, you're a radio personality, you're a podcaster, you're an author, you're a speaker, you wear all these different hats, but I love that when you're getting off of this right now, this interview, you're going to go make gluten-free cookies for your neighbor. Like Katie, yeah. I think, and really, and truly, if you were to be a saint you know, I don't want you to die, Katie. Okay. So don't, <laughs> we mean in, in 200 years, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think you could be the saint of fitting things into the normal day. And that doesn't come into like <laughs> that. That's not quite the right. Um, we could come up with something catchier. This might be why the Vatican hasn't <laughs> asked me to name patron saints, but you do it better than anybody I've seen. And I know for a fact, because you're a very real person, you also keep it very real, like on social media, you aren't just like blink, blink, fake eyelashes. <laughs> the children have rosy oh cheeks and they we all eat me. spinach <laughs> whilst <laughs> no. making, you know, scented candles for Michael Moss, like whatever, like you're really real. And I love that about you. Has it gotten harder as you've added a couple of different things to your plate as we're coming out of this? Not that COVID's gone, but you know, yeah. it's changed. Yeah, no, I think, so my philosophy with social media specifically, that's what you brought up. And yes. just in like life in general <laughs> is that I, it, like, I don't, I can't keep track a different social media personality like I can't keep track of that I don't have the time for that I don't have the mental space for that so like if I'm going to share something on social media it's just going to be what I'm going through day to day like it's not going to be a glitzy glammy moment because I don't have a whole lot of glitzy glammy moments like I wash my face with Cerave from Target and I only buy it if it's on sale <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my makeup which is empty now I used the last of it at the last Steubenville conference I was at was from Walgreens like I purchased it two years ago at a Walgreens in Springfield, Missouri, because my bag got lost and I had to like go to the, the Walgreens to grab it. So like, I, I, I think that keeping it real is just being yourself. And I think we need to give women, especially more permission to do that because there is this continual, whether it's competition or whether it's the, the we'll become captives of comparison, this worry and this fear of not enoughness that just breeds on social media. It breeds on Instagram. It's, it's thick on Twitter. You see it when you're scrolling through Facebook. And I'm just a lot happier. And I think the people I follow and the people that follow me are a lot happier when we just don't play that silly little game of, of fakeness. It does get hard when you have to think about the boundaries. So, like, I'll tell you this story. I was at the Steubenville Conference this past weekend, Main Campus 4. And this girl walked up to me. And she, like, eyes big as saucers, and she was like, I follow you on Instagram. Didn't tell me your name. Didn't tell me where she was from. Like, the first things out of her mouth were, I follow you on Instagram. I was like, oh, great. What's your name? Where are you from? She's like, how's, how's Rose feeling? Because, like, Rose had strep throat last week. And so I had shared, like, asking for prayers for Rose because her throat was hurting and I was about to leave. And it, like, illuminated to me that what we've done on social media is we, we give these snapshots of our lives to where people know all these things about us that we normally would just like share with them in relationship. But then they walk into the conversation knowing maybe everything about you, but you don't know anything about them. And so it's, 
constantly this this ongoing conversation between my husband and I, between just myself and prayer, between my therapist and I of like, what is the line? What is the boundary? So our rule with Rose these days is like, I don't post her picture unless I've shown her the photo and I ask her, can I share this? Um, I try not to dig into, you know, too many of like the family dynamics or like bigger decisions that we're making until we've made the decision and we're perfectly confident, like the influence of other people is not going to sway us. And like, I don't need the opinions of perfect strangers. Um, Just because like there is that, that, you know, 20 years ago, people didn't know what I had for dinner. Like, and nor did, nor did I care what yeah. the person across the street had for dinner. Yeah. Nor did I, nor did I care what somebody was or wasn't doing for their kid's birthday party. And I do think there's some value in knowing some of those things now because you feel a little less alone or you have that, that comradeship, that the friendship and relationships that are very real that can be born out of online sharing. Um, but also making sure that that never becomes the only reason you're trying to live life out loud. I love like that. I would hope yeah. that I would, I would still have a dance party with my family, even if I didn't have a cell phone propped up to record it. And I only <laughs> recorded it this morning yeah. because like Rose, every now and then she'll ask if she can watch videos from when she was a baby and she was dancing. And like, I want to have those videos to share with Claire as she gets a little older. But even if that wasn't something I would have shared on social media, like I hope that we still would have done it. That you would have done it anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Do so it like anyway. That, That's your mantra. That, yeah. Do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Do, it anyway. I, yeah. do it anyway. No, I love that. Let me ask you um, one last question before we get into a game, because that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But real quick, I want the shortest, like one sentence yeah. on this. <laughs> Sorry, I was How rambling. Did you... It's radio. No, 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 no. <laughs> You've done radio before. Um, yeah, I know how to fill time. <laughs> exactly. 20 minutes seconds. <laughs> no, but but because I like what you just said, you know, ended with, but how would how do you give yourself permission to be to be extraordinary? And I mean mm-hmm. that in not just the ordinary, but extra, a little bit more than that. What mm-hmm. do you do to give yourself permission to be extraordinary, Katie? To be the mom with cookies in the cookie jar? What is that? What is that one sentence for you? Yeah, I think it's it's recognizing that if I push myself out of my comfort zone, if I push myself to be generous and giving and sacrificial, if I if I push myself to I'll use the cheesy phrase to be the best version of myself, then the people around me, the people that I, I care about the most and that I'm responsible for, they they're happier. And I'm happier when they step outside of their comfort zone and live an extraordinary life as well. And we're just we are a better family. I'm a better wife and I'm a better mom. I'm a better host of my show when I don't hold back. Um, Ooh, don't hold back. You know, and that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I think I that's love that. kind of just that yep. mentality. Yeah. I love that. Well, listen, I want to play a little bit of a game with you. And since you are a brilliant theologian <laughs> and a Cajun princess, uh, the game that I came up with, because we're not together in person, which I can't wait until we are is that I'm going to describe a word to you and it's going to be a Cajun word and I can't say okay. the word and you've got to guess what oh, I'm God. trying to describe. Hopefully you've seen this okay. on Friends when Joey's yeah, playing. Yeah, secret password. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. It's one yeah. of my favorite, yeah. uh, if not my favorite episode of Friends. And then I have a list. I don't know if you have it with you. Yes, um, I do. I of, do. Catholic words. Yeah. Catholic words that are super hard. <laughs> For me, <laughs> they are they're, they're probably really difficult. Tuesday for you, but um, for those of us who don't have a theology degree, um, and you have to describe a word, and I'm going to try to guess 
what it okay. is. Okay. But yeah, we can do that. We can do sure. this. Do you want me to go first? I can go. Yeah, you go first. Okay, go I'm going to go first. If All I right. tank and bomb, then I'll try to redeem myself. <laughs> okay. I'm excited about this one because this is really going to test your Cajunness. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah, calling okay. this segment Cajun theology. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love so, it. here we go. So this is when you have a cute little baby or a cute little puppy and you give this term of endearment when you see it. It's a Cajun. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we say yeah. shah baby. I don't know if you say. Yeah. Sha, yep. 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 I don't say it a ton. My mom says it like water. Yeah. I <laughs> say it when I'm in Louisiana. I call everything shah. Like Nathan's yeah. pumping gas. I'm like, thank you, shah. I'm like, that's I'm not yeah. using that right. That's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this coffee is shit. No, it's ridiculous. Affected. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Let's see. <clears throat> I'm ready. Okay. It is where the priest, deacon, or lector stands when they're reading or oh, preaching. The pulpit. The um. Yeah. Oh, it has I, a name. I'll take pulpit. Ambo. Yep. The Ambo. There you go. Yep. There you go. Give me that yep. degree, Franciscan. Took a semester <laughs> and then I quit. <laughs> and they're Bye. like, and we're so happy. Okay. Here's another one. These are fantastic jokes it, um, that everybody in Texas says all the time about people in Louisiana. And it it's oh, two names. Thibodeau and Boudreaux. Yeah. Thibodeau and Boudreaux jokes. Yeah. 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 You when I say jokes, I'm like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> When I moved to Texas, they all turned into Aggie jokes to Texas A&M Aggie jokes. And I was like, wait, those are the same jokes. But you guys now yeah, say Aggie. Those were Boudreaux Thibodeau jokes. But yeah, anyway. we had them first. Had them <laughs> That's first. right. OK, I'm ready for my theology. OK, question. this this is the the stick that the the bishop carries like his staff. I'm I was going to go with staff. <laughs> yeah, it's got a fancy so name. That's it not like it. Shepherd's crook. I was going to go with crook. Um, now I'm feeling like Joey <laughs> getting from closer, friends. Getting closer. Uh, it's a ghost. It's a, <laughs> I says ghost for every single answer. Yeah. <laughs> a sandwich. Uh, yeah. uh, crow. Um, it's like, is it a crow? Yeah, that's close. That's close. What yeah, is it's that? A crozier. Yep. Is it? Yep. It's a crozier. Yep. Yep. <sighs> you guys basically going to get a diploma at this point. Okay. I've got, I've got, uh, I want to do a really good one. Oh, it's a town in North Louisiana. I was born there and the movie still, still Magnolias was filmed Nagadish. there. Oh. Or Natchiochis, as my husband says. <laughs> and it's like, no, babe, shut up. Like, Nagadish. don't say that. You're not allowed to speak it. Don't say it. My grandfather is Puerto Rican. So he, he says it the same way too. Just like, you know, to poke fun at them. That's hilarious. Well, you got to go to the Christmas festival there if you haven't been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. My phenomenal. grandparents had a they had a camp in Natchitoches, and so we would always go sit what? on the river when they would do oh. the big riverboat parade. Mm -hmm. It's um, so good, and yeah. the, and the meat pies, the Natchitoches meat pies, are oh, to gosh, die yeah. for. My mom is oh, teaching yeah. me how to make them in a couple of weeks. Actually, you could come. Uh, we can wait till September when you're in town. I'm just <laughs> we'll have a baking party. Yes, there we go. Okay, Perfect. I'm ready for my last one. I think this will be my last one from you. Okay. I might give you one more Cajun one. We'll see. It is where the Pope vacations in the summertime. Well, the, the old Pope. Francis doesn't go there anymore. Now it's a museum. I was going to say uh, in, the inner city. The, uh, where does Pope Francis it's go? In the, <laughs> it's in the hills of uh, Albania. The University of Dallas's campus is like right down the hill from it, actually. You went to in UD. The I did go to UD. Did you go there? Did you go to that campus? Many times. The first time I ever saw Pope Benedict was at this place. You were there. next. Goodbye, Due Santi, which is the UD Rome campus. I'm not going to know it's, this. Uh, it's kind of like, a, <laughs> a, a, I'm not going to give it away in that. So the, who is the wizard in Lord of the Rings? Gandalf. Okay, so add 
Like a, <laughs> say it like Italian. Gandolfo. Say it Gandolfo? There you go. Okay. And then it's, yeah. So then it's uh, not a castle, but it's like a castle. Castelle. Castel Gandolfo. Castel. There you go. Yeah. yeah. That was amazing. I love that you brought Tolkien into this. Uh, yeah, there we go. We can oh figure it out. Oh my gosh, Katie. This is so great. Listen, where can everybody follow you and find you? Who is it? I mean, obviously I've said SiriusXM on the Catholic channel. You're there every day. On Tuesdays, yep, only one day. hour. That's channel 129. Uh, Tuesdays is just one hour. But yeah, it's one to three, Monday through Friday, uh, hanging out there at channel 129. Um, and then I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, just Katie P. McGrady. Katie P. McGrady. at my website, katieprajonmcgrady.com. I love you. You're fantastic. <laughs> Everybody, listen, don't forget to give yourself permission to be extraordinary. Katie, this has been so wonderful. Um, It's been great. Thanks for having me, Liz. Seriously, you guys, thank you. And we'll have you back. Thank you all for tuning in tonight to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. We'll see you soon.